how do you make something for the audience while also not caring what the audience thinks about it? We've got Austin Archer here to talk all about it on episode 92 of No Boring Stories. Let's get into it. Welcome to the No Boring Stories podcast. You know that you can use storytelling to captivate your audience, clarify your message, and grow your business and impact like never before. That's why I'm here. Each episode bringing you transformative stories, expert storytellers, and my signature storytelling tools, all to help you tell a better story. Because there's no such thing as boring stories, just boring storytellers. I'm your host, Alex Street, and one of my favorite comedians is Bo Burnham. The guy commands an audience like nobody I have ever seen. Well, today on the show, we've got a comedian, an actor, a songwriter, a content creator who makes videos for TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube with over 1.1 million followers on TikTok. He is all over the place and frequently advocating for human rights and dismantling social structures like white supremacy, fat phobia, and patriarchy. Oh, baby. He's the host of the People Pleaser podcast with Austin Archer. This is, of course, Austin Archer, your pal Austin on all of those platforms. I am so excited to have Austin here and talk about the process of storytelling in his work. Yes, he shows up and and he talks all about the things that, as you can imagine, create quite a storm in the comments section, but he consistently shows up and creates content um, for his viewers. And we talk about why and how do you get to the point where you can show up and create something even if the people are not going to like it. How do you show up and serve? What is the creative process behind showing up and sharing your work? Or let's talk about sharing your story. Austin is authentic, more so than many people that I know, and we talk about authenticity all the way through this. I'm so excited for you. Whatever you think about his content or him as a person, you're going to love this conversation between me and Austin Archer. And oh, by the way, he created the theme for this podcast that you're hearing in the background right now. So the dude is wicked talented. All right, here we go. Let's get into it. Austin Archer, how are you? Hey, what's up? <laughs> so good. Uh, look, we've already dove in a little bit as we've tried to figure out our microphones and all this stuff. And uh, we started talking about what it's like to uh, to go into auditions. And I know you are an actor. You do mm. commercials. You've been in some films, some TV shows. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we we're just talking about the, the difference between self-tapes and going into the room and it's so interesting what you just you just brought this up. I'm like, shoot, we got to hit record. This is so well, good you, because yeah. you miss going into the room, right? Like you're a like, little bit. Yeah. A lot of actors do. I've talked to a lot of actors who have been like, I really miss that person to person. Uh, the, the, the ability to like sell them in the room, mm-hmm. having the, the, the interaction, the human interaction, the actual face to face. You get to see whether or not you're vibing or there's chemistry yep. with the people. I feel like I can get that a little bit with a Zoom callback. Like if that's yeah. what that like I if I if I can get the callback, then I can have a chance to like meet the director, meet the produ- producing team, and like maybe have a little bit of charm there. But I feel the opposite of what a lot of actors feel because the self tape era has been very good to me mm-hmm. uh, because this is what I do. Like I make videos every day. That's right. And I've gotten very used to like making my own videos at home. 
and uh, I I really can control all of the elements. And when I when it was the in person era, I I feel like my brain switched off and I forgot how to act for three minutes. I would go into the room and be like cool, just relax and try to be uh-huh. easy and just sort of do what you practice. And half the time I would forget the lines because my brain just goes blank when I walk into a room and it, and I have, it's like, go now. It's like, mm-hmm. be brilliant right now. And I, half the time I would walk in there and go like, crap, I forgot everything about this scene. And, uh, and then the other What's the difference like, then between that, the audition space and you're like, okay, snap, go on, be brilliant. And when you say actually get the gig and then you step on set and they say action, how come you can turn it on then? I can't. But the audition room I, is different. <laughs> or I maybe can't. you don't. I, no, I always, I always need like, I always mess up my like uh, at least a couple takes. Like, I always need a little bit to like chill out. Mm-hmm. I really think that like the key to good acting in film is like the ability to remain calm, the ability to like uh, uh, relax and and kind of be easy. Um, but I always come on to set with nerves i always come on to set with like a feeling i can't shake it and the one thing that's been helping me lately the last couple of years is like i've had this new philosophy of like realizing that i'm most likely not the only person on set who's nervous that day or who has anxiety yeah uh movie sets and and tv sets and commercial sets are often very stressful places because they have a lot to do in a certain amount of time if there's people running around really stressed being like i don't want to be the person who makes us not make the day yeah. i don't want you know and um so i I've, I've been looking for ways to just like be of service on set and like see yeah. how I can like help rather than being stuck in my own process of like, Oh geez, I hope I don't mess up. It's like, well, I'm going to just sort of almost assume that I'm going to be fine. That like the acting part is easy and I'm just going to see if I can help out with in any other way, help it. If I see anybody else that seems stressed out, see if yeah. I can, there's anything I can do for them, get to know them, talk to people uh, and, and just sort of like get outside of myself a little bit. But I always mess up and I've just started sort of accepting that that's okay. As long as I don't mess up, you know, <laughs> 10, 10 takes in a row and I be- and it's becoming a problem and I'm holding up production. But it's all right if like there's a couple takes where I fumble over the line and I need to yeah. like start over and say the line again. That's all right. And like just knowing that like it's okay. I can I can start over and say it again. It's Do all you right. ask for feedback in those situations or is it you recognize that it's your point or like it's it's your like, no, no, I fumbled. But do you? Yeah, do you, a lot of times I just go like, ah, I fucked up. And then I just start again, you know, yeah, right. like and, yeah. and I and I try to be really easy about it too. like be like, don't beat myself up. Don't be like, oh, God damn it. Like, yeah, yeah. don't be Chris Farley about it. Don't <laughs> like like I don't need to beat myself up in front of everyone and be like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Like I can I can just be like. You know, saying my line and be like, ah, ah, whoops, let's take that again yeah. and just start over and be really easy about it. And uh, even maybe make a joke out of it if I mess up, you know, try to like try to keep it light. And again, there's a there's within reason. It's like you don't want to mess up too many times in a row, of course, but just sort of like relieving the stakes a little bit that I don't need to be perfect right yeah. from the jump. Well, it's no. interesting. There's a, there's a couple things there, right? So so the idea of just what you just said, I don't need to be perfect right off the jump. I mean, there's mm-hmm. look, tattoo that, put that, like take that yeah. to the bank and 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 there's your advice for the podcast. Um, but also here that I love this this effort to like how can how can I help others? How can I see outside of myself and help, you know, someone else who may be stressed out and just just be the a calm presence around this stressed out space. There was once I remember 
Like that's, I just feel like that's my spirit as well. And we were filming this scene as for some insurance commercial and we're a happy family around a dinner table and they wanted to put a light in the corner where there was a chair. So I was like, oh, I'll just move the chair. And and like, you know, the AD was like, no, don't touch that. (laughs) I was like, you said you wanted to move. They're like, you can't move that though. So there's this whole thing around union and whatever, like the actors can't move, can't do any physical thing because that's somebody else's job. And so there's this, I just found that so entertaining to myself. Like I'm in the corner then laughing to myself and looking nuts, but that I want to help. I just, I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to serve. And they're like, you cannot, you're not allowed to, but that effort of looking outside yourself and trying to help those around you, even when you are feeling those feelings. Totally. Yeah. I think that, I mean, service is a, it's a magic trick. It's a, it's one of like the best magic tricks there there is. And I wish I could remember that more often, but it's like, if you can find a way to be of service every single day in your life, you can find a way to like temporarily have freedom from your own thoughts and your own brain and get outside of yourself a little bit. It's like, it's this little secret hack to pull you outside of yourself a little bit. Most of us like spend the majority of our day stuck inside of ourselves. You can't really help it. We're stuck inside of our own heads and our own thoughts. And when you spend a little bit of time focusing on like what you can do for someone else and how you can help someone else and spending intentional time on something like that, doing something for a friend or a family member, or even a stranger, it just pulls you out of yourself for just that little bit and gives you a little bit of freedom. So you, okay. You have this amazing ability and gift to, to, I mean, show up you know, let's say authentically, let's say vulnerably, you show up, I feel like it's the real you that I've seen online, that the TikTok Austin, the the Instagram Austin Archer that I've seen, the music that is out there. I feel like I, I've got as real a version as I can get without actually sitting around a table and like actually diving into your life. And it's, it's talking about mental health. It's talking about political situations, talking about anything that's going on, any issues, any problems, anything that, that is really that is really showing up in our world that is causing stress and tension. You show up and talk about it and, and you bring that or you bring videos. You've got any videos that are talking about that, but then you've also got music that is simply to brighten someone's day talking about this idea of service and how do you bring service to someone else and how do you serve the world? Is that what that is to you? Like is bringing is, is making that stuff is making the content that you make. Is that an act of service? Is it something more? Is it something else entirely? Yeah, I definitely started to have a focus of making the content as, as service when people started reaching out more and more saying like that it was helping them to hear certain things or to have a certain perspective. Um, And the more I got messages like that, the more I was like, okay, I I mean, cause it's a part of a, like, I'm in recovery for um, addiction and alcoholism. And like, I, part of my program of of recovery is like, I try to do service anywhere I can. And it was nice. It was sort of a little cheat code to find out that like this thing that I like doing, that's for me, for sure that like, I enjoy doing it. And it's also now like my job. It's what I do every day. um, Just as part of like my daily routine, but that I could actually, if I'm in my right space, if I'm in my right headspace, I can be making content as an act of like catharsis for the, for my audience and for people to to go like, I, you know, I'm going to try to put into words a conversation or an idea that I bet is on, is in a lot of people's heads right now that they are struggling to articulate. And I'm going to give them something that they can send people to, or just make something that's just a welcome distraction maybe, Mm -hmm. or make something that's just 
that hopefully just makes some people laugh and viewing it, just putting the intention of service into it, because I mean, you can call anything service really. Like if, if you're doing it to try to, it, to try in some way to help other people, um, even if there's a selfish bent to it, there always is like, like I said, like mm-hmm. part of the magic trick of service is it's pulling me out of myself and giving me a little bit of freedom. So I am doing it to help myself. It's that idiom from Avenue Q. When you help others, you can't help helping yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's fine. Like it, it's a great, it really is great. Like you'll, it, it does wonders for, for the soul to, uh, put some intention into helping others, but just infusing what I'm doing with the idea of like, I'm doing this because I'm trying to help going in with that intention when I'm making a video, even if I'm making a video that's like highly satirical or that where I'm kind of angry or frustrated or, you know, or even just something that's really silly. If I just infuse it with the idea, with the intention that like, I'm sending this out into the world and hopefully it's what someone needs to see today. Hopefully it's helpful in some way. And it's really funny because like the people who don't like me, who disagree with my politics and who disagree with like my takes and stuff, like their assessment of a person like me is that I'm just like a clout chaser who will do anything to to get, it's just kind of like, look at me, 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 look at me. Like always like just trying to get attention at, at, at all costs. But the funny thing about that is I'm like, I don't think I would be making the kind of content that I make if that were the case. I think I would just make a lot more like lighthearted or just like funny or silly things. Like the reason I'm talking about things that you disagree with that like bother you is because like I'm trying to help. I'm trying to be a part of something like useful and I'm trying to put out stuff that that is useful and helpful. And that means that some of the stuff that I'm talking about is like it rubs people the wrong way yeah, and no it, like it gets under people's skin and it bothers mm-hmm. people. And, and if I was just trying to like get people to like me, I wouldn't be saying this stuff because you don't like it. Like, so mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I would be saying stuff that is much more agreeable and that, that, uh, that, that nobody could possibly take issue with, you know, and I'd be, I'd be playing it a lot safer, but I, I am trying to, I'm definitely serving a specific community and a specific perspective, but I'm also trying to like, challenge perspectives that I think are problematic and that I think yeah. are harmful. And well, you just and- had a video the other day, you were talking about, you know, some comment and I love the way that you framed it around, like, you know, I'm seeing this, I'm seeing that as I continue to show up, I am watching more and more arguments, fail, falter, break down people, maybe showing up with less strength behind or less perceived strength behind their argument than they had before they're losing their, you know, yeah. What they were standing on before. And you're seeing this over time, not that you're out here to cause an argument or cause a fight or whatever, but like just the fact like that over win. time, exactly. Yeah. That's not, I don't feel like that's what you're here to do. There's more of just this spirit of, how can I be a voice in this conversation that over time makes an impact, makes the difference that I'm here to make instead of thinking that this is a one shot opportunity. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's what I, again, you said that the other day and I was like, Oh yeah. Like there's such a patience in that there's a patience in the messaging around talking about sensitive issues culturally sensitive issues or issues that need to be talked about, you know, as you've got, you know, you just said your bio, you're like, I love to talk. I mean, not, I love to dismantle harmful social structures like white supremacy, fat phobia, the patriarchy, you know, et cetera. And here we are. And you're like, it just happens over time. 
Yeah, it's a war of attrition for sure. It's like uh, it's it, for people who are really entrenched in in harmful views or or harmful worldviews. Like they're not going to give up their views because they watch one TikTok video yeah. that like disagrees with them and that states an argument in an eloquent way. They're not going to be like, oh my god, I guess I'm wrong about everything. Like that yeah. that most likely isn't going to happen. And I don't really necessarily think like, I've sort of had a shift in perspective recently where I'm like, I'm not necessarily trying to change minds. You know, it's not necessarily about changing the most deeply entrenched minds on certain issues. It's like, you know, the re- realizing that like. Tucker Carlson's not changing anybody's mind necessarily, but he is bolstering up people who already share similar views to him. He is like emboldening white supremacists and he is emboldening certain, certain kinds of people. And I, I wonder if I can be mostly, I think that's what, where I operate is like, I'm not really out here to change minds or win a debate, but I am here to like embolden people who are, are either on the fence or who, who agree with me, but don't, who, who are sort of succumbing to the nihilism of feeling like, well, there's nothing we can do. Every single time this happens, we make the same arguments and we have the same conversations and nothing gets done. And like making people feel like we we can do something about, mm. about some of these things at least. And then, I mean, as much as I love getting messages from people who follow me, who say like, thank you for what you do. This really means a lot to me. And I get those messages a lot from people just saying like, in case anyone hasn't told you lately, like I find what you do to be helpful and, and important. And I'm glad you're there every day as part of this fight. But every once, every so often, doesn't happen all, all the time, but every so often on one of those videos, I get a comment from someone who says, you know, like I've been watching your videos for a while now. I've always disagreed with you, but lately I've been coming around to your, your point of view. And I think you make a really good point on this. And I've just got to say, like, I, I think I agree with this one. And I always just look at that and go like that person and I see these people too. I see these, like, sometimes I'll get like a troll on my account and I, and I see them. I notice them that I'm like, oh, you're commenting on a lot of different videos, which means you're watching like a lot of my videos mm-hmm. and then they'll stick around. Like they'll be around, like they'll be like popping up in live streams and they'll be like commenting on lots of different videos. And those are the people that eventually will be like more and more. I'll see them agree with me a little yeah. bit. And I'm like, so you were annoyed initially you were mad, but you there was something about the way that I was presenting it that you either subconsciously enjoyed yeah. or liked, or you liked, you liked disliking me, or you like, you liked trying to unpin what I was saying and figure out some way around yeah. it. Um, but that's what I like to do with those videos is I, is I like to try to take every possible defense that I can think of a person having for my position and see how I can like, needle at it and and take it away from them and so what happened in that video you were talking about the other day is like somebody finally just said like i don't care how many shootings there are i just want to to have my guns and i'm like cool that's that's actually what i want to leave you with it's like Mm -hmm. i want to i want to take away every other bad faith argument until we're left with you having to just say i don't care i just want guns and and that's something that's honest and once we can get there we can start to go like does that sound like the right kind of idea right now does that sound like the uh, the right kind of sentiment when when there's fresh blood on the ground from school yeah. children again in america and i think that so that's sort of the goal with like those videos that i do where i'm doing uh, arguments with myself and people love that comment too like oh well this yeah, guy right. loves arguing i just i actually just changed my bio on tiktok to king of winning ar- arguments with myself just so i can also take that one away from them too uh-huh. like, yeah it's a skit it's a format for illustrating 
a point and an argument. And then they'll also go like the other thing that they're always left with is straw man, because it always seems like I'm making their position weaker. But mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm ridiculing that position, but I'm not misrepresenting it. I'm stating it the way that it's always stated, but I'm just satirizing it and heightening it to show yeah. the like the 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 ridiculousness of it the the fact that like it doesn't have any merit well this is okay so this is what i i again i love all of this and the 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 content you put out it's so again it's so like raw it looks like i mean you literally you film it in your apartment and it's there not that it's like oh i just put up this thing you've got all the lights and all this and whole music production and everything behind it but there's a certain no doubt there's a style to to what you do, but even within that, within this, like winning an argument against myself, those sorts of videos and content that you're putting out there, let's focus on the story that you're telling through this, the story that you want to tell, the story that you're trying to tell. I think that's what comes through and that's what we need. That's where, as again, as far as the effort of this goes, this podcast goes, is to recognize that even in something like that, there's a, there's a, story to be told. As you just said, you're like, okay, yeah, no, I see this. I see what this person says. I don't care. The story is, look, we just broke down everything. Like it went from, again, like argument to almost like agreeing. I knew that that's where you were. And now you agree as well. Like there's this, this movement throughout this work and throughout those, these two minute videos that is condensing a story down into, yeah, like a skit. How here's a how to, I do want to get into your story. We'll, yeah. we'll do this. It'll be a, we'll, we'll touch on, it. I want to see how you got yeah. here, but how do you, how do you do that? How do you condense such a complicated, confusing thing down to a one minute, 90 second, two minute video? Thank you to these platforms for extending the, the, the length of time that you can make a video to. But let's say, how do you condense it down to the smallest possible container that is both educa- educational, entertaining, whatever it is you want to be? What process is going through your mind? What is that creative process like to condense a confusing idea and make it clear? Yeah. So first of all, you know, uh, three minutes is never going to be long enough for any one of these ideas. It's never going to be long enough to get into everything and to completely unpack it. I do full length podcasts on these ideas and like an hour and a half isn't enough time to, to, to fully unpack a lot of these concepts, but like the, but, but also at the same time, um, three minutes is an incredibly long amount of time. If it's used wisely, if it's, if it's used economically and if it's used in a focused way, the, the, the key that I've found is that I have to stay focused with what I what it is specifically that I want to say with each individual video, and I have to take it one video at a time. So, you know, so often when I make these videos, people in the comments will point out like an aspect of the argument that I left yeah. out or an aspect of like the discussion that I left out. And it's like, yeah, no, duh. Like I had I have I have two minutes to like distill uh what i want to say and and be really clear and direct there's there's all of this what i call like tempting tangential territory with any specific idea of like what i want to talk about so for instance here's one uh somebody asked me the other day what my thoughts are on they said what are your thoughts on like when feminists will tell men to shut the fuck up about abortion because they don't have uteruses like what are your thoughts on that Mm -hmm. and it was a it was the commenter seemed to be a man who was jilted by trying to help out 
but being told by women he should shut up about the abortion debate because he doesn't have a uterus. And he was asking me what my thoughts are on that. And so the video I was making, the point I wanted to make, the focus point I wanted to get to was I want to explain to this person in a respectful and this was one where I decided I'm not going to I'm not going to like roast this person. I'm not going to be satirical about it. I'm going to be really respectful and direct. I want to explain because the, the question seemed to be a good faith question. It just seemed to be a person who was like frustrated. But I wanted to explain to this person, like, you're allowed to have an opinion on things because you're not going to be able to not have an opinion. That's like point number one. Like, you're not going to be able to not have an opinion. You're uh-huh. going to have an opinion. This idea that like you shouldn't have a take on it you're gonna like, so let's get rid of that. But should you're, should you weigh in on the public discourse of it? If you're a person who doesn't have a uterus, who never has had a uterus, who won't ever partake in this medical procedure, it it will never personally affect you. Should you weigh in with anything other than support of people with uteruses? If your if your opinion is a dissenting one, like that it's a bad thing and people shouldn't do it. Should you weigh in I don't think so. That that's so that's the point that I want to I want to mm-hmm. get to in the video. There's all kinds of tempting tangential territory in this two minutes. I I have so three good. minutes. I don't want to keep it uh, three minutes. I I three minutes, even though three minutes is not a long time in TikTok time. It's 30 years. People yeah. have a hard time sticking around for the full three minutes for a TikTok video. Ideally, with one of these, I want to be at like two to two and a half minutes tops. If I sometimes I go all the way the full three if I just can't figure out a way to to make it shorter. I think this one I did in like two minutes, but but I use the term in the video. Um, if you are a person with a uterus or person without a uterus or something of that effect, and I use that term because I wanted to use a gender inclusive term that includes like trans men, men who still have uteruses but who who have transitioned, and like non binary people and include them in in the umbrella Mm -hmm. but but in doing that i create another problem for myself in the comments where and it happened some women came into the comments and said i used to have a uterus and i no longer do i had a hysterectomy do i not count since you said person with uterus now they're needling and they're trying to make a point uh, they're, they're trying to make a common like trans exclusionary radical feminist talking point which is that Using gender inclusive terminology excludes real women and erases real women. And and so that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to say like, oh, so am I not a woman now because I don't have a uterus? It's a bad faith argument. They know that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying like, if you've had a hysterectomy, you no longer get to weigh in because you no longer understand pregnancy. Like that's that's obviously not true. Um, But the reason why I don't spend time in the video saying And when I say person with uterus, what I mean is, and explaining the gender inclusive terminology Mm -hmm. that I'm using is I'm giving my audience the benefit of the doubt and trusting that they can go with me on that thread that like I'm using that term because I'm using a gender inclusive term and that we don't need to spend time on it because that's not what the video is about. If I go into that, it becomes a video about breaking down uh, gender inclusive terminology. And again, I only have so much time. So that can be an an entire video all on its own. Like I can do an entire- it's so interesting because you think of commercials, you think of like any any format that is intentionally getting smaller. You there is, as you say, there's an intention behind that to focus on a small idea. Even as you're speaking, I'm thinking of uh, Blair Imani, uh, mm-hmm. Smarter in Seconds videos. And and they do an incredible job of taking a really complicated thing and like here it is in 30 seconds and, and it's entertaining. Of course, we're not going to talk about this, this, this and this. And I love 
the phrase that you said, tempting tangential territory. territory. Triple T. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, there is this deep and rich, these deep and rich subjects and subject matter that you're talking about. And also this is exactly what I hear and face all the time in my like brand story work when I'm working with a personal brand trying to get this up. And it's just so interesting to to put that language to it or see the similarities in that, that whenever we try to condense a massive thing into a smaller thing, we, uh, the presenter, and this, I, I wonder like, yeah, what kind of fear does that, or what kind of doubt does that create in your mind as you're creating these things? Because what I hear is that we, the presenter, get nervous that, oh no, I'm not going to say everything. Therefore, I shouldn't say anything. Yeah. Uh, brands are some of the worst at this. Like, like oh, yeah. in my experience, like the business people, the people on the business side of the brand th- that are coming specifically to a creative person like you or me to yeah. help them uh, tell the story they're the worst at not understanding that like we can't spend time going into that tangential territory. And usually what tangential territory is for an ad is like too much ad jargon and ad copy, like, Mm -hmm. or just brand jargon, like where they're like, we need to make sure we tell them about our 24 unit Kelvin bioprocessor. Like we need to make sure we put that in the ad. And it's like, we actually don't. Actually, yeah. that thing, and I that's a totally made up uh, bunch of, that's a word salad I just pulled out of my ass. <laughs> but like, that's, that's what it is, is they're always like, well, we need to make sure that we tell them that we have a dual compatible, but I'm like, yeah. no, 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 no. We actually don't need to tell them any of that. What we need to do is establish a vibe and an, and an, an initial interest. We need to just get them going. Huh? What's that? Mm-hmm. So first of all, we need to make them not, a, especially on the internet, if it's social media, we need to make them not aware that they're watching an ad first and foremost, so that they don't instantly scroll away. And we need to stay on topic. Like what, what's the concept for the ad? What's the concept? Let's stay in the concept. Let's stay in the reality of the scene or the world that the concept is. And then the tagline of the very end of the video will be the only thing that really like alludes toward the product. Mm-hmm. And all we're doing is just getting them to watch the full thing, creating interest, creating a vibe, but all that extra stuff, all the stuff that you want them to know about your product, that's what we're hoping will be the next level is mm-hmm. like that they will click through. They will they will go, you know what? All right, you got me to watch that. And that was funny. I laughed or I liked the, I liked the energy of this. It, it did something where, or, or you just presented a problem really clearly that this product is claiming to be the solution of. And so let me go check out the product and all that extra stuff that you want me to say in the ad can be on your website and they can go look at it there. And there can be, and we can make entire other videos just about that one extra thing that you wanted me to say. And those can be on the website, but initially we just need to establish interest and, and create something that's watchable. Well, and let's come back. Like this is the same idea with the self tapes, right? I mean, that's exactly what you're doing. They're going to hire you for a, a gig, a job that's going to be far more in depth and you'll get a whole script and a whole character behind it. But at this point you're sending in what a 30 second, 45 minute clip of you to yeah. see if they connect with you, the human to be in this role. It's this small package, this glimmer of an idea of a human, of a person, whatever you're showing up with to see, is this is this what we want to dive into? Is this what we want to explore more? Is this something I want to explore more? Yeah. I mean, and I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, like for TV shows and stuff, that's the self tapes I was doing today. Yeah. 
there's 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 not a lot I can do creatively with the self tape. It's like it it's pretty straightforward. It's like read the scene, yeah. and I I don't really have a lot of license to like do anything with the tape that's that's su- super creative. I got to just sort of be straightforward and read the lines and and not try to because oftentimes I'm day playing. I'm 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 playing a character who has like five lines, and it's like we don't really need you to jump off the screen. We need you to be serviceable and sort of fit your role. So you sort of need to know what it is. But at that point, it's like I might as well just be sending them a headshot and have them go yeah. like, "Do you want a guy who looks like this? Um, and trust us, he can act. Like here's his reel. You can like watch. He like he. You don't need to see him read these lines. I might as well just be sending a headshot. But the things where I get a lot of creative control are like I get a lot of commercials that are where I'm like the main character in the commercial and the, the main character is like really zany or weird yeah. or very much my style. And I get to show them a lot of personality by doing kind of like sneaky little fun edits in the self tape where I'm like popping in on my face for like a punchline of a line and doing things rhythmically cinematically that will make it feel more like what I envisioned the commercial would look like in my head. So it's kind of like me telling them, here's what I think is funny about the script you sent me. Here's what I think is funny about the character that you sent me. Here's what I would do if I were making this commercial by myself on my TikTok channel. And like, I send them what I think looks funny and sounds funny about the script. And that, that works a lot better. With a TV show where I'm playing just like some yeah. kind of bland character that is there just to deliver a couple lines, I can't really be like, here's what I think is really dynamic about this guy. It's like, well, he's just sort of a guy in the town yeah. who has to deliver this information. And so I I don't really have a lot that I can do with that. We don't want you but, showing up the main actors. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's a commercial where I'm like, I'm going to be the guy in the commercial, uh, here's what I think is funny about this commercial. I can really I sort thought of- about it editing of a self tape like that. I mean, oh, yeah. I was, uh, whatever I was taught and told was like, you set it up. It's a static shot. You walk into frame, you, you do whatever you can do. But the idea that you're, you're sending in a reel, like, you, a, gotta be, a, you know, a TikTok to them, then that's you gotta them. be careful with it. You can't do too much. I don't, I don't edit them nearly as much as I edit like my TikToks, but like sure. I'll put in light background music that I think fits the vibe of the commercial. I just want it to feel when I send it to them, like the thing that I read on the page. I want, yeah, which I want then them says to be able you to, understand what yeah. they, if it clicks, then they're like, um, holy crap, this guy gets it. Like this. But is, also yeah. what that is when you're doing that, and this is a whole new philosophy I have on auditions too. Now we're talking about auditions, yeah, but wow. is I used to, my, my, my philosophy on auditions for years was not too big, not too small, not mm-hmm. too, like don't swing. Like I want to be, I want to show them that I can read dialogue competently, but I want to be moldable. I want them to see that like I can, I want them to give me yeah. direction and I can layer their direction onto whatever I'm doing. So I, I would always deliver like a middle of the road performance just to show them like I'm a serviceable actor. I can, I can do this and I can also, I can go bigger. I can go smaller. I can mm-hmm. do whatever you want. I didn't want to do a huge risk, uh, take the risk of making a big swing choice because big swing choices have the risk of being really wrong. Where they're like, whoa, you took a big risk there and you were way off the mark. And now we don't see you at all as this thing. But what I realized is that big swing choices also have the benefit of being like really right, being the most right. Where like they're going to get a bunch of tapes or see a bunch of people who are doing sort of serviceable work. And they're kind of like looking at them going like, yeah, I can see this person in this role. But if you come in and really like take it and just go like, it's me. You know, and I can't tell you how many times I've done commercials where I came on set the, you know, the first day and they were like, the second we saw your tape, we were like, okay, well, it's everyone versus this guy. 
Like it's everyone versus this guy now. And I'm like, but it's because I get bold with them and I'm just kind of like, cool. So this, I think that I'm the guy that you're looking for. And this is why, but also what I'm sometimes what I'm running the risk of, and I'm sure this has happened is sometimes I'm sure they see the tape and they're like, that's completely off the mark. That's way off the mark, but also like, that's good because what I'm showing them is this is what I think I would do. And if that's not what you guys are trying to do, then this isn't a fit anyway. And we'll see on the next one, you know? Hey, you want something for free that's gonna help you with your speaking? Here it is. When I started out speaking, I had no confidence. Eyes locked on my notes or off on a wild tangent, fidgeting and pacing all around the stage. I wasn't getting asked to speak where I wanted to, and I felt like I was wasting my time and my audience's time. So, you're booked for a workshop or a keynote and the date is fast approaching, or you're hoping to land some speaking gigs as extra income, and you don't know where to begin. If you don't get extra help, you'll be embarrassed, you'll waste your time, and you'll lose relational connections. And I'm sure that you can be a more confident speaker and transform your audience. That's why I created the Make Speaking Magical video course. During my 20 years of speaking to crowds, I've learned five main tricks that helped me walk on stage with confidence and make sure my message sticks. I've been repeatedly asked back by event organizers, spoken at workshops about these tricks, and coached individuals on putting these techniques into their talks to give them confidence before a nerve-wracking presentation. So, whether you're speaking on a big stage, or on camera, or on a podcast, or around the dinner table, the Make Speaking Magical video course will give you everything you need to speak with confidence and transform your audience. And right now, I'm giving away two modules of the seven-module course for free so that you can learn to connect with your audience and then really put all this into motion to make your speaking magical. Go ahead, get two modules of the course for free right now just by going to my website, alexstreet.ca. You can find it there or find the link on my bio in my Instagram. Hurry though, because this is only going to be available for a limited time. Okay, so I'm sure I hope that you hear this, but as I hear this, like I'm just hearing this theme in your life that it, like what you just said, right? As soon as I hear someone say, and then I realized, again, this is a key storytelling moment. That means that there was a turning point, which means that before that you were one way and now here you are explaining how you are. You are showing up with a big swing <laughs> mindset. Yeah. Let's say I'm going to make these big swing choices because when it's right, it's right. And if it's not, I actually, I'm not here pining for their approval and affirmation anymore. Like I, I'm not looking for that. If it's not right, then we're all better off because I'm not trying to please you. By the way, your podcast, People Pleaser, fantastic. Yeah. And everybody should go listen to it. I'm not trying to please you necessarily. I'm trying to show up as completely me. And the best version of me that I can do. And if that fits for you, then fantastic. Let's call it your videos. Let's call it your auditions. Let's call it you just showing up as a person with your family and your friends. You're a big swing person. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's, yeah, exactly. And it, it used to be for, for years, it was uh, with auditions. It was trying uh-huh. to figure out what they wanted, trying to yeah. figure out what they wanted to see. And that's the opposite of what I should be doing, which is, mm. Here's what I see. Here's what I hear when I read it. And I'm going to do that full out. And I'm going to show you my, my full out interpretation of what I see and what I hear. And either that gels with what, or sometimes I've also heard people go, sometimes I had an idea of what I wanted. And then you came in and did that. And I went, actually, maybe it's that because it was so 
it was so earnestly delivered and, and full out, but, but I, now that's part of what I do with everything. That's how yeah. I do. I mean, when I first started my podcast, I remember having friends be like a, a friend of mine who was helping me edit the podcast was like, okay, but what's special about your podcast? Like we need mm-hmm. to figure this out from a marketing standpoint. What about your podcast makes it different from other podcasts? And I was like, look, man, it's a podcast. It's me talking to other people for like an hour. Like I'm not reinventing the wheel here. I'm not going to change the format. The thing that's different about my podcast, that's different about everyone's podcast is that it's me. So if the listener likes listening to me and if they like the way that I break down ideas and if they don't mind the sound of my voice, if the sound of my voice isn't like nails on a chalkboard to them, they might like listening to my podcast, but it's just a podcast. It's not, it's not a, a, it's not a different, a whole different kind of podcast. It's yeah. me talking to, it's like, I'm not concerned about reinventing what a podcast is or can be, but it's just a podcast featuring me. And then that's what my content is. It's like, I, I didn't invent the idea of doing a scene where I'm playing both characters uh-huh. and talking to myself to express an idea. I didn't invent parody songs or like, I, I didn't invent any of that stuff, but it's my take on it. It's what I, what I would do with it. And that's what makes my content different. So sometimes people say that I'm, I'm ripping somebody off. Like I'm ripping off Bo Burnham or something like that. I'm like, no, Bo Burnham and I are just, we're similar. Yeah. We're like semi-effeminate white men in our thirties who like grew up with the internet and stuff like, and we have similar takes on things and leanings politically. And we both write parody songs and stuff. And like, we, but I'm like, we're, so we're similar, but like, I don't, uh, and I, and I really like Bo Bur- Burnham, but I don't think in my head, like, what would Bo do when I'm making a video? Right. I just but try you, to, but like, you all, there's a, there's this inspiration, you know, it's Austin Cleon steal like an artist. Like you take, you steal, like you, we steal ideas from whether it's stealing an actual idea, but you, there's inspiration from everybody, obviously that you have been watching, viewing, whatever in, in taking your entire life and you're like, yeah, okay, great. And then yes, then you get into categorically, of course. Okay. Yeah. Great. We're in the same categories wherever you want to place us but and then our style of music that we put out seems like it's the same but it's because yeah look painters paint yeah musicians make music like that's what we're here to do and until you get to the point where it's like no this actually was a real like you took a clip you took a you know a piece of his music and made it yours then if it until it gets there Keep going. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, I mean, there's, there's only so many notes on, on a piano and there's only like so mm-hmm. many like chord progressions that exist in the world. And everything is, every piece of art is derivative of everything that came before it. Like it just can't help, but be everything yeah. is an amalgamation of like all of the, the, the input that's come in from all the different artists that we've all been consuming, all the different storytellers. That's all fine. Yeah. Steal like an artist and, and, and getting inspired and, uh, and, and taking cues from people, but usually the people that you're, you're most like into the people that really speak to you, the people that really jump off the page or jump off the screen at you are the people who are, have managed to figure out what about them is mm. about their, like they, they, or they found the, the audacity to just speak in their own voice, to be like, I'm going to say this the way that I would say it. And I'm going to say this the way that makes sense to me. And the hope there is again, like rather than spending time. So before I was spending time trying to figure out what the casting director wants, what the director wants, what the writer is hoping to hear when they hear this dialogue read. And I had it backwards. It's the same thing with 
trying to approach making videos or something thinking, what does the algorithm want? What is, there's so many creators that do this. Like they, tr- they go through TikTok sure. and they, they scour the app looking for like, what is the algorithm boosting? The algorithm is boosting this particular sound or people who use this hashtag yeah. or people who post at this time of day. What does the algorithm want? What does the audience want? They're trying to figure that out. And it's like, man, you can, you'll drive yourself crazy doing that. And maybe you'll be able to figure out some like hacks to get some views, but I don't think that you're going to make very compelling content doing that. I don't think that you're going to make content. That's like really genuinely good. Like you might make a video Mm -hmm. using an algorithm hack that gets 5 million views, but it's a video of you looking at the screen like this to a trending sound doing a test. And it just happens to pop off. That's not a great video and it's not an authentic video. And you're not really saying anything with that video. If you actually want to make great content, you sort of have to go like, I can't worry about what what I think the audience wants. I need to make what I think I would want to see today, what I, I think I would want to hear today, what I think would be helpful or useful for me to hear and trust that somebody else will agree. I think this is the this is the the big mystery and challenge of all of this, because what you're saying is something that I identify with so much. This is like, you know, my story is being confused to being clear. And it's this exactly what you said about caring so much about what the, the casting director wants, caring so much about what the audience wants that I bring something for them instead of something from me and learning how to instead go into something authentic, pure, creative within me, something that was created as, as influenced as it was, it was created within me. And I'm bringing it out just as you say for these, because it's something I want to hear. It's something I want to do. And it's, I find there's this balance. It's trying what we're trying to do. So many of us, content creators, business owners online, we are trying to find this balance of that. What is pure and authentic from within me that I would only say for me, that is so just for me because I'm not here for them. It's not about the casting. It's not about the audience. It's not, I can't live for them and their approval or I will wear myself out. And yet I want to speak my message to as big of an audience as possible. I want as many people to hear this inspiring message as possible. So how do I show up authentically for as many people as possible? And that that's a challenge I face. Like all the time. I'm like, what is this game that I'm playing? And how do I show up like this? And it's for you. It's great. I can make this music and keep it, keep it to myself. You can make a song that you want to hear and never share it with the world because you made it for you. Yeah. But you do share it with the world. So why? Well, I mean, I think that that's for me, like that's, I've always, well superficially because i like attention you know so like those people who are my trolls who are like he does this for attention i'm like yeah i've always i've I've grown up with an audience i grew up on stage Mm -hmm. i've i've always felt like if you have a story to tell like it's better with an audience it's always better with another person to tell it to um and with another person reacting to it like a joke is better when you tell it to someone and they laugh like it's it's better than just telling it to yourself in your head (laughs) i've always felt and uh and um but really it's that it's like, I, I believe that like stories are meant to be shared. I believe yeah. that like a story's highest calling is to a, a story or a joke or a, a song's highest calling is to connect with another person, like a piece of art that you create. I believe it's, it's highest calling is to like 
extend out beyond the person who painted it or the person who wrote it Mm -hmm. and connect with someone else. I think that's like, that's what we're trying to do is like reach out through this medium to connect with other people to, to, and to speak to other people. Mm. And the best way to do that is to say something that that's true to you, say something that's, that feels real to you. um, And hopefully you're trying to connect with the other people that go, I know exactly what you're talking about. And the people who don't, the people who are like, I think that this is trite, or I think that this is uh, corny or cringe. Uh, you'll hear all these things. Mm-hmm. It's not for them. You know, it's not the story for them. You know, big swing. Yeah. Big swing Go for it. I but, love it. I, but I get I, yeah. like, it's, it's hard, like wanting uh-huh. to be a people pleaser and wanting to please an audience. I have a hard time with the fact that a lot of people don't like what I make. And like, yeah. that's just the, the nature of getting an audience is like, the more people that are paying attention to what I'm doing, the more people that are telling me that they think I suck at it. And like, that's, that's hard for me. Cause I want to, I want to, I want everyone on my team. I want every single person that watches my videos to be like, damn, he's, he's, he's great at this, you know, but like, that's just not how it's going to go. You know, as many people uh, as there are who love Bo Burnham and thought that inside was a brilliant thing. There are plenty of people who are like, nah, this guy fucking sucks. Like, you yeah. know, yeah. like the plenty of people. Uh, and that's just how it is. Like, that's just what's going to happen with, um, with, with having an audience. And that's sort of the, the so, and there's, is- and to come back to this idea of fear, there's something around that fear of, of that. You're like, I, I want this. Like, yeah, of course I want, I want everyone to, but it's not the way that it's going to be. So there's something bigger. There's something deeper. I don't know. That makes you go. Yeah. Well, I'm going to make it anyways. Well, and it's that fear. It's that fear of people won't like me. If I say this, there are going to be some people who won't like me. It's that fear that keeps people from speaking authentically. So exactly. I mean, when you say something to people like be yourself, be, be your authentic self. It sounds like such an empty platitude because a lot of people are like, I don't know what that means. And I don't really know how to not be myself. Like, I aren't I being myself no matter what I do, even if I'm ripping someone else off entirely? Like, isn't it still coming mm-hmm. from me? Wasn't it my idea to rip that person off? I don't know. Like, how do, what do you mean? It's like, well, just, I think you just can start by being like, if there's a particular situation you want to comment on, like a particular, and it could be as mundane as like, uh, using the self-checkout at the grocery store. Like sometimes the frustration of dealing with the self-checkout of like, you know, you, you, you set something down in the, in the thing and it's like, please remove item. And you remove it and it like says it again. And you're like, I did, you know, like something has been done in that. Like, what about that interaction is frustrating to you? Don't think what about that interaction is frustrating to other people or what about that interaction to you is worth commenting on. Don't think what about this interaction potentially might be interesting to other people what about it is interesting or worth commenting on to you? And if, if there is nothing particularly of note in that, in, in that interaction with that thing to you, is there something else you want to comment on or, or, or tell a story about or some other idea you want to get at? And coming from that place and building from there is how you're going to best be your authentic self. But I think, yeah, it's that fear of if I do that, if I come from, from, in, mm. from within – there are going to be people who say they don't like it. And what they're going to be saying is they don't like me that like my authentic self is repugnant to some people is repulsive to some people. And that's a very scary idea. And trust me, I've been seeing it up close and personal for the last two years. And it is tough sometimes, even though there are people that I'm like, I wouldn't want to hang out with these people anyway, just to see them be like, I fucking hate this guy's face. Every time this guy shows up on my phone screen, I want to throw my phone against the wall. I hate this guy. And I see those people and I'm like, man, that's hard that there's people in the world who just see me and they get like mad just seeing me. It's hard that there's people that 
that put the time and energy into typing that, but that's a whole other yeah. <laughs> conversation. The fear of dealing with those people is something that will, will keep people from, yeah. from, from being authentic. Well, and so it's easier to talk about the 24 Kelvin, whatever degree thing, right? It's easier to talk about the details than talk about me because at least if you don't like that, you don't like the thing. But if I show up authentically and you say you don't like it, what else do I have? Well, and that's actually the, the secret. The secret is that even when you're being inauthentic, if you manage to get an audience being inauthentic, those people are going to be there anyway. Those people are going to be there anyway, saying like, you're a phony. Like you're mm-hmm. a, you're a hack. Like you're not, you're not honest. You're a, you're a joke. Like, right. And maybe you can hide behind. Well, I wasn't being honest in the anyway, you know, I wasn't being serious anyway. Like that wasn't really me anyway. So when you say you don't like my thing, my art that I put out there, yeah. that's just some front that I put up. So you're not really, you're not really getting to me, but yeah, the, in trying to protect yourself from the criticism, like you're going to get it anyway. So you might as well be honest. This is so good. We didn't even touch on the details of your story. So I might have to have you back and actually figure out what made you this way. (laughs) Because we're we're wondering, we're dying for it. But even in what we got today, I uh, obviously, I just love the vulnerability, the authenticity, the true self that you show up with and how you've inspired and helped us today. Understand that concept a little bit more that show up. Uh, show up with what you've got, take the big swing. I mean, there's all these inspirational, you know, stand and sure, get in front of an audience on a stage and say these things, Austin, I could see you really pumping your fist for this. But, uh, but um, I think what I got today is even just this idea of going from, again, like pleasing to like, swinging for the fence. And, and if you can show up, if you can make that kind of a transformation of like, I'm trying to impress you too, I'm just gonna be who I am. I mean, there's a beautiful story, a beautiful transformation in that, that I think now I understand a little bit more about where your mind is at and how you do this. And I hope that those listening that are on that same track that are hoping for like, yeah, that's how I show up. I'm stuck in this place of constantly looking for, you know, that approval, that affirmation that what do they think of me? And it feels like it's freezing me up. Um, I mean, the invitation is to to watch more of your stuff get a more taste of who you are at least austin and yeah. and get inspired by that and if somebody wants to find you they want to find your stuff and find your videos um well what's the best way to do that they can follow your pal underscore austin on tiktok instagram twitter and austin archer on youtube it's all on there all the videos and all that stuff uh the podcast is on spotify and apple Podcasts. it's called people pleaser with austin archer um the podcast is also now on youtube i'm doing a video version of the podcast now where i stream the conversation weekly on youtube we do youtube live and tiktok live where you can check in and like watch the show live every week i'm actually doing it later today um, and then my music is on Spotify and Apple Music. So Austin Archer, if you want to go listen to my music or austinarchermusic.bandcamp.com, you can buy all of my music there if you want and support independent music doing that. And I think that's enough things. That's it. Do you want to, what's, what's your address? We'll just come and hang out here. I can tell you my, my website, austin-archer.com. There's more. But no, no, I, I mean like your home address. Like, let's just yeah, my, let's just send everybody there. Let's go. Yeah, okay. My address. Yeah, is, yeah, no. <laughs> my... Cut. <laughs> All right. So good. Thank you so much for being here. It's a real honor and a pleasure to have you on the show. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. 
Thanks for listening. This has been No Boring Stories. I am Alex Street, and we are just getting started. I'd love to know what you thought of this conversation, so please feel free to reach out to me on my website, on Instagram, or in the Fearless Speakers Academy and share your thoughts. In the meantime, honor this conversation, go out in your life, and tell a better story today. We'll see you next time.